Welcome to the Nerd of the Rings podcast. To get the latest Middle-Earth-related videos, including Tolkien Explained, Complete Travels, and Theories, visit youtube.com slash nerdofthering's. This audio podcast is made possible by the support of my wonderful Patreon supporters. To learn how you can score some exclusive perks while supporting the channel, visit patreon.com slash nerdofthering's. Welcome back to Nerd of the Rings. Uh, today we have a very special guest. We have Francesco Nepitello. Um, he is the designer of the One Ring role-playing game. And if you're not uh, familiar with it, it's currently um, has, let's see here, I have the Kickstarter pulled up. It has six days to go on Kickstarter and has gone over tremendously well. Um, yes. It currently currently has uh, the original goal in U.S. dollars was a little over $12,000. It is currently at $1.3 million. <laughs> um, yes. So needless to say, this has gone over quite well, uh, Francesco. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Beyond any, any you know, uh, optimistical expectation. It's beyond any of that. It's really in the realm of the impossible. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always fun. I, I always love hearing the stories of uh, of projects like this on Kickstarter, and you know what what kind of expectations they had before the uh, the project just exploded. Um, so what you know, obviously your goal was twelve thousand. Um, did you feel pretty confident going in that you would? hit that goal and maybe exceed it. I know you've had some stretch goals and everything like Kickstarters tend to do. Um, but I would imagine uh, 1.3 million was probably a little beyond what you expected. Yes. All right. Well, I'll be honest. Of course, the the uh, minimum level was, was frankly very, very low. Mm -hmm. But it was set that low because the company was already um willing to to publish the game whatever uh, the result would have been mm. uh because uh, they knew that the game was going to be popular for reasons that we can go uh and and detail later if you want mm -hmm. but uh we were not expecting this level of success and mm -hmm. uh, i can tell you which one we were expecting and 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 it was based off the success of the game called twilight 2000 that the company uh, funded in Kickstarter a few months ago. And it was the most successful Kickstarter for the company uh, to that moment. And, and it was about 500 uh, euros, so probably about 650, $700,000. Mm -hmm. So we were expecting to go at least there, uh, but mm -hmm. our goal was we want to, I mean, personally, I, I will say I, I'd like to, to go beyond that because I also to give back uh, something to, to the company that trusted us with the project. Uh, I'm hoping that we will beat that uh, level of success. Mm -hmm. And we beat that in two days. So uh, th that was the moment where we said, okay, <laughs> we're doing pretty good. Because after two days out of 21 days of the, the whole length of the project, it was pretty much uh, showing us promise. And, and here we are. After, after uh, more than two-thirds of, of the run, uh, we are now in the top three, I think, uh, of the most funded RPG projects ever funded on Kickstarter. Wow. So, yes, we're pretty, pretty happy how it's going. Yes. <laughs> 
That's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> we got a uh, super chat from Empress of Flame 16. Thanks so much. Uh, just so you all know, I, I pinned it in a comment there, but all super chats will be uh, given to the Kickstarter for um, the One Ring RPG. So maybe we'll have uh, a giveaway later on the channel uh, for that. But uh, yeah, well, those will all be going to the Kickstarter. So um, so one of the, the most popular Good. questions I got asked, I kind of solicited questions um, ahead of time. And uh, one of the big questions I got asked is what's, what's the difference between this and the first edition? You know, what, what made you guys decide to go back and revisit um, the One Ring RPG and make a second edition? Well, uh, first edition had already uh, almost ten years of uh, of history of publishing history, so it was it was out since quite a long time. So uh, it was time for us to go there and refresh some of the ideas from the point of view of the game mechanics, for example. Mm -hmm. Also, we had more than ten years of feedback from from players, and we knew that there were a few things that needed revisiting. Uh, especially because the game grew in the making and 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 so it wasn't designed from the first um, as as it was after 10 years we added mechanics and some complexity built up uh in in, in the making so uh we thought it was a good time to go back and and polish everything and make it everything more uh working seamlessly and tighter mm -hmm. Uh, but also, uh, we had this. We had since the beginning this idea that the One Ring was going to be a game that was evolving through time, mm. uh, because one of the things that is most interesting in the stories by J.R.R. Tolkien are, is exactly this. It's not simply uh, a story told about uh, one specific period in time. Uh, because everything, uh, the world of Tolkien is very much founded on a very rich history and a very mm -hmm. deep history that yeah. goes back three ages of the world. So immediately we thought oh, that this is way back when we started designing first edition of the game. Yeah. Uh, the decision was made to, to say, we're not going to do a game that will be uh, developed from the point of view of simply geographical depth. So to mm -hmm. cover many lands. We're going to cover uh, a wider uh, space, a, a wider period of time, because we want to give this uh, perspective to the players. They're going to play for the lives, for, uh, along the lives of different characters, possibly if they're mortal, especially, and to experience the world that is changing. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, we decided to to uh, to focus the game on the time frame that goes from the story of the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings, mm, uh, okay. and and yeah, of course, if you're familiar with the stories, you know that it's a wide gap. There's mm -hmm. decades between the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. Uh, almost sixty, almost sixty years. Yeah. So there is a lot of time to 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 tell new stories in that period mm -hmm. of time that Tolkien detailed, but they didn't detail too much. We know quite a few things about mm -hmm. what happens. From from the Hobbit and to the Lord of the Rings, but uh, we don't know uh, who were the heroes of that period. There is mm. plenty of room for the players to to create their own and to right. leave and to create their saga. So, uh, first edition was set a few years after the story told in the Hobbit, and okay. now we advanced the, the timeline twenty years. Because right. since the, the, the first time that the first edition came out, several supplements already brought 
the story forward. forward so yeah. we already covered an, a number of, of years. So uh, in a way, the One Ring Second Edition is the new now for, mm -hmm. for the game. And the first edition is the past uh, gotcha. of, of, of the game. So yeah, it doesn't make first edition in a way completely obsolete. I mean, mm, if you okay. if you if you want to play earlier and closer to the story of the Hobbit, you can keep playing first edition. Great. Also, we we moved also a focus from the point of view of the of the uh, geography because first edition was set in the land of Rovanion, that is Wildenland, mm -hmm. uh, that is where the big forest of Mirkwood is, where mm -hmm. the Lonely Mountain of the Dwarves is, and so uh, very much of a frontier land uh, mm. for middle earth um, and we decided to to have that because it was a, a place that was very ripe for adventure and also mm -hmm. since the story starts exactly after the, the the death of the dragon the land is enjoying a new prosperity so there's plenty of room for adventures now mm. that we are uh, 20 years later we moved over the mountains so to the west to the land of Eriador, where the shire of the, of the hobbits is for mm. example yeah and where once was the the, the ancient realm of arnor mm -hmm. uh, that was the the northern counterpart to gondor that everybody right. knows well from the movies yeah. so uh, it's a land that is mm, uh, filled with ruins of castles and tombs and barrows so it's a more it's a in a way it's a darker environment mm. and also we are 20 years in the future compared to first edition so we're looking forward the war of the ring so there are already mm -hmm. some dark clouds gathering and the enemy yeah. is moving and so the game uh, has now this tint that is slightly darker we're mm -hmm. much further into the twilight of the third age and in a land where already different enemies and powers are moving yeah, uh, and trying to to I mean, there's already some uh, sort of overshadowing of mm. of the war to come. Yeah, so that was that's the the, the idea behind the, that's the the, the 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 design behind the choice of of placing it there. It's a place mm. of adventure and a time for adventure. A little more desperate, possibly compared yeah. to, to first edition. So, and and that's something that is very reflected also in the uh, in the art for the game yes. that is, yeah. is darker than before. Yeah. Well, you just brought up the art. That's a perfect, perfect mm -hmm. segue. Let's go ahead and look. Um, so I've got some of the images. Uh, the uh, game makers were kind enough to send along um, some assets for me uh, to show here. Um, so here looks like uh, maybe we have a ring wraith, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. That could be uh, a ring wraith, but could be also a barrow white. Mm. And I'm saying this because uh, we recently had a nice conversation about this. This art is by Martin Grip. Martin Grip is the main artist for for the color plates that are going to be uh, in in the in the rules. And um, he, we had a discussion because we were wondering when he got this nice uh, idea of making mm -hmm. this white uh, look or wraith looking so archaic from the point of view of the helmet he has on yeah. his head and the armor and 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 we discovered that um, that martin had uh, looked back for inspiration to to some art from ian miller 
Ian Miller uh, is is an artist that worked on the Tolkien Bestiary way back decades ago. Mm. Uh, it was a very nice book that in the beginning, I mean, before Alan Lee, before John Howe, uh, the Bestiary of Tolkien was possibly the book that uh, shaped our perception of of the world of Tolkien. Yeah. I wish I could show you the 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 um, the art that was the inspiration for this, mm. but I'm not sure I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can kind of cycle through uh, some of the art for the game. It looks like uh, here we've got kind of a, a fellowship group here um, yeah, yeah. with uh, ruins in the background, it looks like. A yeah, former... there's a, like a big head of a statue behind yeah. the, the group. That's what great. I like about Martin Grape's art is very much the fact that it's more uh, impressionistic in style, meaning that uh, it gives you uh, like uh, inspiration to to imagine stuff more than simply showing it to you. Mm -hmm. uh, it suggests things, yeah. suggests movement and menace, like in this mm -hmm. case. Yeah, and I really without... like this one. Yeah. Yeah, this is very, very, of course, yeah, also reminiscent. You can of, feel of the, the tension from the movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, no, no. It's, it's I'm totally in love with the with the art style. I'm grateful to to Christian Granat, the the art director, and and uh, and Martin Grip. This one is is amazing. I mean, this idea of depth of looking towards such a distance and yeah. Uh, yeah, the depth and is, also is the really idea impressive. that yeah, yeah, I like the light of this this art in general. And then we've got one more here. <clears throat> yeah, with this one, I can I think you can tell uh, that the the company is from Sweden uh, mm. <laughs> because I think I think this piece makes you feel cold already. Mm, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, it's very reminiscent. It makes me feel like. Uh, you know, like the early portion of the uh, fellowship's ascent uh, on yeah. Karathras. Karathras, Karathras. Yeah. yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. It's like before they get to the the you know chest high snow. This was what it started yeah. as. To me. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's tricky when you do art for the Lord of the Rings because uh, you have to tread this fine line between mm. simply portraying something you know already. Mm -hmm. and making something entirely new if yeah. you make something that is a, excessively new people might not recognize its mm. middle earth yeah uh, if you're if you stick too close to what people knows of course you're just showing something they already, seen, already seen thousands yeah. of times so yeah the, the, i think that martin was able to to get that oh and yeah give you give you the right mix of familiar and and new uh to bring you there <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I think the art is fantastic. It was one of the first thing I think, you know, being a, a video guy, I'm naturally drawn to the visual aspect. So as soon as I saw the art, I was like, okay, this has got my attention now. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, it was a, a hard, you know, it was sorry, it was a hard uh, success to follow because the one ring was very appreciated for the art. Mm, uh, yeah. and the, the 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 graphic design in general so it was and since we were breaking off from from that presentation for a huge number of reasons and especially the change of company and marking a difference from what came before uh it was hard to find something that was equally interesting and martin mm -hmm. grape is very different and 
uh, equally equally worthy. And um, um, we don't have enough to show for the moment of the black and white art and the graphic elements that are there. But Alvaro Tapia is doing that. is a fantastic artist mm. with a with yeah. a great world building capacity. So uh, and I'm sure that people will be happy when when we will start showing more of his work. Also, mm. yeah, absolutely. Um, so <clears throat> I did, we got another uh, super chat. Thank you from uh, Notorious Chill. Um, uh, she asked, "What's the?" platforms for this game and i think this kind of leads into a good uh question so um i had a lot of people kind of confused they were asking if it was you know coming out on xbox or something so uh, <laughs> so this is an rpg so this is a tabletop rpg so tabletop. yeah for for the uh um for the novices so i've i've actually i haven't done hardly any rpg gaming myself um tabletop rpg um so I'm also curious of this, and I think you know I've I've gotten a lot of questions from people similar to this. So what what would be your recommendation? You know, I'm I'm sure there's a lot of people, especially here on my channel, that um, you know if they haven't gotten into it, the thing that's going to get them into it is something Lord of the Rings related. So I'm looking <laughs> at the One Ring, and I'm like, okay, my attention has has been captured. I am ready to take the plunge and try this out. So what would you? Uh, give as far as advice to to new players that are interested in the one ring well we uh since this for us was a new beginning we of course thought about how to to get to to new players mm -hmm. not simply how to keep our old ones yeah. um, and so we have two products coming out and one is the uh, usual uh, core rules for the game that is a volume so it's, a, it's basically a book uh, and containing everything needed to play the game uh, because with tabletop role-playing games, you play just with, usually with dice, with a character mm -hmm. sheet. And the ones that we're using for the game are close to this one. This is a mock-up for uh, what we're using, where you have all the characteristics of your characters, so your abilities, what you do, uh, what type of uh, adventurer you are, uh, you might be more, might be someone who's more um, called to adventure because he wants to see the world or she wants to to fight the enemy. So you have different vocations, different callings called in the game. Uh, and and just to make, of course, if someone is totally new to role playing games, the the most well known name uh, is of course Dungeons and Dragons. So right. a game where there's a one uh, participant is the game master and the other mm. players are playing characters. So they're interpreting someone. Yeah. Um, and so the, the core uh, product is uh, the rule book and you have everything there needed to, to start playing in Eriador. So in, in the starting area where the game is set. The other thing that we're doing is, is offering a box, a starter set box. Mm -hmm. It's a starter game that uh, has, of course, elements of the, 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 the basic game and the standard game, but simplifies it by, by, mm -hmm. making, uh, by eliminating some of the most complex things. And one of the things it uh, doesn't have is rules for creating characters. Mm -hmm. So in the starter set you play, you just choose a character from the existing ones. Gotcha. Uh, the, the thing that is interesting in our starter set is that it is 
set entirely in the Shire. Mm. So in the Shire of Hobbits. And you are playing Hobbits. Not yeah. exclusively, but you mainly play Hobbits. Uh, and the other nice thing is that you're playing historical hobbits, meaning that you're not creating one. It's not one we invented, mm. but they are characters out of the books. Right. So, you're, for example, you're playing Drogo Baggins, the father mm. of Frodo Baggins, because yeah. we are set in a time that is before uh, the War of the Ring. So you're playing, for example, also Paladin Took, who's the father of Pippin. Yeah, and yeah. so yeah, it, we are giving uh, fans of the Lord of the Rings the the chance of interacting with the story by actually giving you the possibility to play like the, the, the same characters you find in the story, especially in the first chapters of uh, the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and in a way to to uh, add details to the stories of those characters. Uh, for example, we know that Drogo Baggins eventually dies drowning in a, in a boating accident. Right. And how would that happen? Why Drogo was so keen on going boating? <laughs> you can decide to do that. Yeah. You might even decide to keep playing with that and avoiding uh, and change the future of Drogo Baggins <laughs> <laughs> and save his life. So, <laughs> so yeah, you're playing uh, the, the, the star set uh, being focused on Hobbits is in uh, either... It's also it's simpler than the core, and it's also lighter in tone because uh, you know that the Shire of the Hobbits is a sort of a of a safe place compared mm -hmm. to the, the to the nearby areas. Natural, yeah, yeah, and so they're secluded, but also safer. But of course, as everyone, uh, they have problems, uh, even if they're not as big as problems that they might have elsewhere, they still have things to solve. Right. So you're going on adventures that, of course, for hobbits are big adventures. And we have a booklet of five stories to, to play uh, and that will let you interact with lots of very well-known characters like Bilbo Baggins mm. and and Baling the Dwarf and so on. That there are some sort of uh, exclusive content in there. Some characters are unlocked by playing the game, and you will get to play them. So they're semi-secret characters. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Great. Yeah. I like I like surprises. So and and I appreciate. So we've got, uh, you know, the the one aspect of the game that's kind of for newbies to kind of like handhold us, hold our hands as we walk into yeah. this brave new world. And then we've also, I saw there's some confusion in the chat. I wanted to make sure that we were clear, you know, the, the way that uh, the first edition operated, you know, the traditional uh, elements where you create your own character, that is still a part of this game. We are just on the Absolutely. topic of the starter, the starter set. Absolutely. There. Yes, so yes, yes. I just wanted to clarify that for, I saw some, uh, confusion in the chat there. Um, we got another super chat question from Ben Kenobi. Um, is the One Ring a miniatures dependent system like D and D or Adventures in Middle Earth? I don't. I don't believe it. Is. It's not a miniatures no. game. Well, uh, we uh, embrace very much the spirit of role playing games that don't need a physical elements to mm -hmm. to to allow you to play. Uh, I mean, also personally, uh, I've never been. A miniature guy, and I always found that even playing D and D and other role playing games, that having a figure there was robbing me a bit of mm. of my my mental image. You know, yeah. Also, so the game, the One Ring, just to make this short, uh, is more they call it theater of the mind, meaning that mm -hmm. the combat, for example, 
uh, is played in a way that is very descriptive mm-hmm. and very dynamic, but doesn't rely on a grid. Uh, so it doesn't need figures to be put on the table. Right. Then if you have them, if you have some of the fantastic Games Workshop figures that they did for the Lord of the Rings, it, I mean, nobody stops you from using them. Also, they can be useful for, for example, just uh, visualizing some some uh, engagement, who's fighting who, stuff like that can be useful. We are going to have some play aids that have been unlocked on the Kickstarter that we have these sort of things. That's a mock-up. That, that's an old mm-hmm. one I, I was using playing first edition, even if it wasn't produced. It's, one, it's something I did myself. Yeah. But it's a, it's a sort of a coaster size, like a beer mat uh-huh. size thing mm-hmm. where you have the different positions, different stances you can have in combat in the ah. one ring. For example, you can fight in a forward stance or in a defensive stance or mm-hmm. in an open stance. They have different uh, rules and the real ah. world that also allow you to, for example, use a bow from, from uh, staying just behind your other companions fighting in the other positions. Ah. For example, this thing can be used with, with figures because if you have it on the table, you can have the figures around it just to right. show I'm fighting in open, I'm fighting in forward and stuff like that. So yeah. helping, you, helping you memorize and we will have them those things in the starter set for for the uh, the Lord for the the wandering that in fact in some ways the starter set works as a sort of a kit of play aids for mm. who who is playing the standard game mm-hmm. because you have maps there for example ah, a, map, yes. a big map of the Shire and a big map of the region of Eriador so those two things are in the starter set and also the stance cards and so on so. It's something that you will find handy. And dice, dice are in the yes. starter set. They can be bought separately, but they are also in the starter set. Great. Yeah. And if there's one thing that, you know, Tolkien fans in general appreciate, it's a good map. So I'm very glad yeah. to hear there's some maps to go along with it. That's awesome. Oh, um, since we're mentioning yeah. this, uh, yeah. I'd, I'd like to point out that we spend a lot of time working, for example, on the Shire map with, with mm. uh, Francesco Mattioli, who has the same name, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he's a different guy. And he, I don't know if you're familiar with the Lone Wolf game books series mm. by Joe Deaver. Uh, they were very, very popular, and they still are. Uh, these are a series of choose-your-own-adventure type of mm-hmm. books. Yeah. Uh, Joe, Joe Deaver developed a huge world, the world of Magnemod, that needed lots of maps. And Francesco Mattioli became the basically the official cartographer of the world of Magnemod. Mm-hmm. And we got him from there to work with us. And he's working, he's, he designed already, he draw, drawn already the map for the, the Shire, and he's working on the editor map. And we we found out that most of the maps that are in 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 in, in the internet right now mm-hmm. uh, about the Shire are not really correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are many errors that actually were corrected by by uh, factual research uh, and everything. Pr- yeah. Research, yes, that are still there. Because of course everything stays in the internet, so uh, yeah. some errors <laughs> keep, keep repeating. And so we uh, we are doing a map that uh, we have some sort of you know presumption to say that is one of possibly the most complete ones uh, that and most correct ones that is going to 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 see the light. So we're very happy about that. Fantastic. Um, well, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, about your Tolkien fandom and your experience with Tolkien. I actually did I did manage to download in some of the black and white 
artwork. Um, so I can kind of pull those up, but uh, I, while while we're looking at those, um, yeah. So tell us tell us a little bit about your experience uh, with Tolkien. Um, you know, when when were you first uh, exposed to the sure. world of Middle Earth? Oh, just just to give some context to to the yeah. drawing first. Uh, that's not by Alvaro Tapia. This is from mm -hmm. Ian Pospisil, who was working on the starter set, and and that this shows the northern gate uh, in Bookland. Uh, mm. that is specifically a part of the Shire, outside the Shire, technically. But anyway, yeah, my, my experience with Tolkien, I was exposed to, to, to Tolkien when I was in, uh, uh, that's still Ian Pospigil, that's okay. a bounder. Uh, and uh, I read the book uh, when I was in secondary school. I was about yeah, 12, probably, and I I... Actually, uh, I needed, I had to, to fell ill and had uh, a fever that lasted for like uh, 10 days or something oh, like that wow. to actually, to actually go beyond the first chapter because mm. the, <laughs> the, um, the party, the, uh, the, the Hobbit party in the beginning to me was really terrible to, 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 to go over <laughs> with in the beginning. Now, yeah. of course, I love it. I mean, I read the book hundreds of times, but at the time I couldn't go beyond yeah. that. And I, uh, luckily, luckily, I was at home for, for a week and I, and I had nothing to do nothing but else read, to do. read. Yes. And so <laughs> actually I digested that and then I couldn't stop. So, <laughs> so that Very was my cool. first exposition to, to Tolkien. And then I was a fan for a long time, but I didn't have anything to do uh, with it, uh, with, to do with my passion uh, professionally until 2004. In 2004, uh, me, Marco Maggi, my co-designer, also on this game, The One Ring, and Roberto Di Meglio, another designer, uh, Italian designer, we created War of the Ring. That's mm. a strategy game, a yeah. uh, big box with lots of figures that uh, has been mm, in production since 2004 without yeah. interruption. So it's 16 years, uh, two editions, and one collector edition, one anniversary edition. So it's a, it's a huge box recreating the entire Lord of the Rings story from the point mm. of view of the military story and also mm. the characters. Yeah. So you either, yeah, it's basically a two-player game with, uh, one player playing the free people, so and uh, defending themselves from the attack of the shadow, and at the same time trying to destroy the ring, and with the other player, the other faction trying to win militarily before the the the, the ring is destroyed, or right. finding or finding and corrupting right. the the ring better. Right. And so that was the first time when we uh, tried to do something uh, from the point of view of working uh, out of of our Tolkien passion. I wasn't even a fan of playing in Middle Earth up to that point because uh, I didn't like much uh, the, the previous versions of the Lord of the Rings role-playing games, mm. uh, or possibly I, I, didn't, I didn't have the right experience, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I always felt it was impossible to, to play in Middle Earth because every story was told already. So my, my real uh, mission with designing the One Ring back in 2011 was exactly that, was to show that it was possible to play, that it, it, not all stories in Middle-earth was told already, and there was a way to make Middle-earth your own. 
with, with you know playing uh, with the with, with the right rules and with the right approach. Yeah. So that was that was our mission. I think I think we succeeded because they also in first edition the game was a success even Absolutely. before this Kickstarter. Yeah. So you you talked earlier about um, the challenge with artists, you know, having to take that balance of you know you want to show some people something new but it has to be a certain level of familiar um do you have that same approach or that same challenge when you're designing a game uh yes but uh, i think that uh designing the game is a bit different mm -hmm. uh, because you are not um with showing art, you are fighting against the mental image that mm -hmm. someone has. Yeah, uh, I mean, ev everyone who has seen the movies but read the book, the books before they went mm -hmm. to see The Lord of the Rings by Peter Jackson, had their own mind already set, and and so might for some uh, for so some choices for them would be not optimal. Uh, yeah. Everyone has some favorite character and some characters they don't like at all mm. uh, from the movies because they already had their ideas. Peter right. Jackson was Peter Jackson was very wise in in uh, enlisting the help of people like John Howe and Helen Lee, right. who spent uh, already decades painting Middle Earth, so and giving some uh, mental some input to people. Mm -hmm. So by doing something similar to that, Peter Jackson was able to tap into a general consciousness that people already had. With games, we had to do the same thing, but uh, we really uh, approached the, the text uh, as a sort of a, of a number of ingredients. Mm -hmm. We had to study the text uh, so deeply to, to focus, to, to find out which were the main ingredients of The Lord of the Rings. And eventually, uh, apart from localizing a few things like journeys, for example, and that we have they have a very prominent position in, in the rules for the for the One Ring, but also we we found out, not surprisingly, that language was was paramount. Uh, Tolkien built everything around language. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, everybody knows that basically Tolkien was was a lover of languages and he was inventing languages and he, he, create, he created Middle Earth basically because he wanted to, to have a world where his languages were spoken. Right. So it was almost a secondary thought, yeah. <laughs> an afterthought. Okay, it's crazy to think that, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, and so uh, by using language and, and words that Tolkien was using uh, repeatedly uh, in the stories as building blocks for the game, we accomplished that. We gave a game that when you read when you read it, when you read the rules, and when you even just look at the character sheet for the character, you realize that it's Middle Earth because something, mm -hmm. I mean, the words uh, come back to you. Yeah. You, you, they are familiar. I can make you just an example. You know, the main characteristics of the game are strength, heart, and wits, okay? So you have a physical characteristic like a personality characteristic and one that is more connected to intelligence okay so mm -hmm. strength heart and wits these are characteristics that gandalf gandalf himself singles out talking to frodo he says that when you're going on your adventure you will need all your strength heart and wits to ah. succeed 
Yeah. And so that that's the, the, that's exactly what we need for everything else. Every yeah. word that is in the in uh, that makes up a character is uh, we we had to look for it and see how many times it was repeated in the text. If there was some uh, you know synonym for that word that was was used more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so on. So everything had to be totally faithful to the stories. That's fantastic. And it seems, uh, yeah, it seems that we succeeded because we have people going back to read the stories after playing the game mm-hmm. that actually appreciate more, <laughs> if it's possible, <laughs> the stories because they they feel the, those words yeah. as part of their own experiences. Yeah, uh, they've on, kind of on, lived it in a way. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned uh, the different uh, characters. So what uh, what races of characters? What tell us about the the characters we can play as? Now in the uh, uh, in this core rulebook, we focus on the on the land of Eridor. So mm-hmm. since we want to uh, another element that is very part, it's a vital part of the game that every character type needs to belong to the game. Mm. Uh, you cannot have uh, you know one. Um, one approach that was used, especially in the past, was to be very encyclopedic. Was mm-hmm. to say, okay, whatever cultures do we have in Middle Earth? Okay, we have this and this and this and this. Let's put them all in the book, in the book, mm-hmm. and the and the players will figure it out. Yeah. But this approach leads to to uh, players actually experiencing a world that is not Middle Earth, because mm-hmm. the, you will have like a go, uh, a, a knight from Dolamroth. Uh, mm-hmm. buying a beer to a hobbit in, in uh, Brie. Yeah. Uh, why there's a, a why guy would he with be there? A, yeah. <laughs> yeah, why would he be there? So, uh, of course, we don't want to, to, you just, to just limit fun. We don't mm-hmm. want to, to, to make a game less fun. But in our experience and in, in the past 10 years, it, it's been proved right that actually by limiting, we are enhancing the fun. Because mm. people are enjoying the game more because the all their choices are more coherent. Mm. So um, in the game we have, since we're in Eriador, we have um, three uh, mannish cultures, so connected to men. Uh, so they are the so and so because one, it's the man of Bree. Uh, we say man because just because Tolkien says man when it refers to a culture. But of right. course, it's men and women. Yes. <laughs> so the men of Brie. Then we have the rangers. Uh, so you can be a ranger uh, right uh, off the, the, the start. And hobbits of mm-hmm. the Shire, I was considering them as part of the managed cultures, but of course yeah. they're not. But yeah. They're yeah. very close. Yes. Uh, and uh, yeah, but the third managed culture is the bardings. We have an exotic choice. I mean, in, in the first edition, we had six cultures that belonged to Wilderland, but the exception were hobbits. So you mm. could play a hobbit in Wilderland because it was like if a hobbit was f- following Bilbo's foot- footsteps to go mm. there. Yeah. Now we're doing the other way around. You can play the bardings that are a sort of a northerner type of culture that may have followed dwarves from the Lonely Mountain to Hobbiton because they, uh-huh. they go there to, to trade. In fact, mm. in the Lord of the Rings, for example, in the, in the party by um, Bilbo in the beginning, they're ex- exchanging... Uh, presence coming from there so mm, yeah. so you can be someone who came all uh, over uh, the east to the west and mm. then we have of course elves and dwarves uh am i forgetting something no because it's three manish cultures plus the hobbits dwarves and elves 
Um, dwarves can be from the Lonely Mountain way over, but they could be, could be from the Blue Mountains that are yeah. in Eriador. Mm -hmm. uh, the elves are uh, elves of Eriador. That uh, it's a bit um, difficult. It's hard to say because you know everyone knows that are there are wood elves in in the, mm -hmm. in the Lord of the Rings and also high elves like mm -hmm. the elves in Rivendell. Uh, the right. elves that are supposed to be most common in Middle Earth are not high elves and not uh, wood elves, but mm -hmm. uh, they're not really much mentioned, not in Middle Earth, in Eriador. So mm -hmm. elves of Eriador possibly could have been specific specifically said elves of Linden. We don't have decided yet if it right. is better okay. or not. But in any case, elves. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah, I was wondering, that was my first thought was Linden, you know, with the... Kirdan mm -hmm. and everyone over there. Yeah. Um, great. Well, yeah, that sounds that sounds great. Um, <laughs> I'm looking through the yeah. These are, of right course, here. as I told you, they, that that this limitation is supposed to give you a party, a group of players, a company of, yeah. of adventurers that feels that has something to do there. Uh, yeah. It's not simply, of course. Uh, in time, we will add more cultures, and then mm -hmm. you will have the possibility to move your focus elsewhere. Uh, one stretch goal that we unlocked with the campaign is that we are adding already some cultures uh, that were in first edition, especially mm. to allow players that have still an ongoing campaign to keep playing with their characters. So we were, were giving rules to create uh, Woodmen of Wilderland and the Bjorings. So yes. we'll be able to have those also. Awesome. And you, you mentioned the stretch goals, obviously, you know, with a, a campaign that's gone over this well, as you can imagine, all the stretch goals have been unlocked. So um, for those of you who haven't yet, if you go to uh, Kickstarter, you can uh, search the one ring um, and it'll be one of the first things that pops up. It's smashed its, its goal and there's all kinds of stretch goals unlocked. So you're getting all kinds of exclusive goodies through this Kickstarter. Um, if you want to, uh, to support it, I suggest you go to Kickstarter. Um, it sounds like a great game to play. Um, and uh, um, I had another. Oh, uh, I was going to ask. Um, you know how how long did this process take you? Of uh, you know from the moment how long ago I guess was it that uh, either you were approached or got the idea to to do a second edition of this game? Oh, that's a complicated thing because uh, we already, you know that the One Ring first edition was published by a different company. Mm -hmm. And now second edition is published by Free League. Right. Uh, well, in the meantime, I mean, what happened was that uh, some time ago, I think it's two years already now, that we started to, to think and develop a second edition already with the previous publisher. Uh, because the game already had quite a few years on on uh, in its career, and so it was time to 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 do that again. Then uh, the 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 relationship with the company uh, was interrupted, and we didn't bring that project further. So that was completely um, interrupted, and and so uh, we had to spend some time looking for a new for a new publisher. We didn't spend much time to find it <laughs> uh, but we took some time to choose the best home for the project uh, because we always felt that it was not simply a matter of, of uh, a big publisher 
with big means, but we always treated the One Ring as a sort of a passion project that needed to be done right uh, from from many point of views, and not simply the, the okay, let's go for the um, for the big bucks and do the thing that is going to sell the most. Right. Uh, we want to do the game that is best for for us first, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, we were already big fans of the company of, of free league because we were playing their games. We were yeah. already playing forbidden lands. That is a brilliant fantasy game. And, and they, in the meantime, they got also alien there as a, as an IP and they developed a fantastic game. They, I mean, they showed how you could play a game that is based around such a simple concept. So having a monster in a starship yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they actually pulled it off. Uh, and so uh, uh, I was the one actually to go to them and say, would you be interested? Because we met, we met some months before, uh, every year before the pandemic, me and Marco, my co-designer, we always go to, to different game fairs, especially two in Germany because they're, they're close. So to mm-hmm. Essenspiel and Nuremberg. And once in Essen, I think uh, I had I wanted to to go and see them and just say that I was a big fan. <laughs> uh, also because I was feeling some sort of uh, you know similarity in the approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there I met Martin and Nils from from the company and Thomas, that is the the the, the main guy in the company, wasn't there. But so we had some good time there and taking pictures because we, you know, we were just saying they were, um, yeah, I found out they were fans of the One Ring. So mm. uh, I was happy. I mean, I'm a fan of, the, of your games and you're a fan of my game. Yeah. But there wasn't anything there yet, not even a, a real thought. Mm. Months later, when things developed, uh, I had this idea of calling them and telling them how about we make the game together. And yeah. so they said yes there were a few things to 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 settle and a deal to strike and there's a lot of partners in the story but we eventually made it and and started again so there was a a sort of a period where we didn't work on it because it was in this dead moment between limbo there yeah yeah limbo between the two companies so and so some months later we started and Luckily, of course, a good part of the job was done already, but uh, feeling, you know, my new confidence in, in the project, we, we took some extra yeah. uh, effort in saying we're doing it really right. We really want to, to change a few things that we decided for the other edition. The company is different. We're going to do some things differently and we're going to make it even better because we have the time to do this, mm-hmm. uh, even if it was not really... A, uh, a fortunate event to have that time, but at least we we uh, we took the chance to use it uh, mm-hmm. to the best the best result. Great, and um, I, I I was curious, you know, again not not being as familiar with RPG, I was I was kind of discussing this in a uh, a Discord server that I have with my Patreon supporters, and I think we're we've kind of started preliminary talks on organizing a virtual uh the one ring gaming session after the game comes out and the more i thought about it that's that's kind of the beauty of this type of game you know you don't need all these pieces like you don't need to even be in the same room let alone the same country um it's it's kind of 
a really cool aspect of of this type of game. Um, have you ever done uh, like virtual gaming, or have you you know is is that something that you have any experience with, or have heard of people doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's incredibly big now. I mean, there there's been a, a step up with with uh, virtual gaming, with role play games uh, yeah. because of the pandemic, of, of course. But people was already doing it. But yeah, uh, there's uh, also companies are putting a lot of money into into uh, developing tools to play mm -hmm. online. Because yes, that's the, that's the, absolutely the beauty of role playing games. The fact that the, the game is inside your head, and and you yeah. just have to talk to people. Uh, you don't need big things or elements, components, and stuff. They can be. I mean, they, they can be the cherry on top, but they're not mm -hmm. necessary. And also, some uh, some tools um, that you have uh, with playing online, like stuff that uh, calculate stuff that could be complicated to to be done. And make it even easier for you. So uh, I think that in general, tabletop gaming had a very big uh, push uh, yeah. in this in this pandemic period. But role playing games, especially, because uh, you know, especially in 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 countries like in the United States, that is so big, uh, players can uh, have problems in finding people to play with, even in normal times, even without a pandemic. And so getting in touch with people online was always mm -hmm. a good a good thing to do it. But now that everyone everyone is there and companies are there, uh, mm -hmm. it's going to be ever easier. And now we have a complication as far as the worrying is concerned from the point of view that we cannot develop official tools to mm -hmm. do that, at least yeah. for the moment. Uh, I shouldn't probably say so, but there are unofficial things already for the one ring mm -hmm. out there. <laughs> There's there already tools made by by fans to, that are, allow you to play with the One Ring first edition. So I totally see the possibility of of updated stuff for the One Ring second edition to come up. It's not too complicated. Doesn't need um, huge means. Uh, just yeah. needs some player with some passion to do it. So I I hope to to see that. But otherwise, you can play it on, on using some other platform uh, mm -hmm. uh, that caters for to 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 role players in general. Yeah, fantastic. Well, we're we're winding down. We've only got a, a few minutes left here, so uh, I wanted to ask you a couple uh, just quick rapid fire questions. Um, I like to throw these at, at guests once in a while to get get your stance on some things. So, who <laughs> yeah. is your favorite Tolkien character? Ooh, <laughs> that's that's hard. <laughs> ah, that's really hard because uh, you, you get you know this confusion between the movies and the books. Of course, right. I have a, a much clearer idea of what I get from the books. But it's hard you can to you say. can give a different answer for books and films. That's totally accepted. There's no rules when it comes to these questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that's hard because I, I, every time I come up with a name and then I think of something, oh, but maybe something yeah. else. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, that's not easy, but could possibly be Gandalf or mm. the, the uh, you know, the, the mythological aspect and then the, the, the arc uh, that his story, his story tells and how it is so preeminent. His role is preeminent in The Hobbit. And, mm -hmm. and in the Lord of the Rings, so it's a sort of a of a guide 
yeah. of, for the reader for for the whole for the whole um, epic. So mm -hmm. maybe, yeah, it could be could be Gandalf if I have okay. to choose. <laughs> I, I don't think anyone will fault you for picking Gandalf. That's nine. You know, I'd say a good seventy-five percent of my days I pick Gandalf, and then you know, other days it changes. It all depends on the day, what I'm reading or listening to at the time. Honestly, um, what is your favorite Tolkien book? Mm. Well, I think it's it's the Lord of the Rings. Mm. It's the Lord of the Rings because it is. Like uh, to me, it it is like a collection of books. It's so mm -hmm. it's so extensive and so varied in tone that uh, you know I'm used in in recent years to go to it for reasons of working and so reading passages. But sometimes I just stop and read a whole part just because I'm 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 captivated by it. Mm -hmm. And there are moments that are so good in, in the early parts, like with the Hobbits, some of the parts with Rohan. Um, one contender for a favorite character could be Eowyn, because mm -hmm. there's, there's, a, there's a moment in, in the books between her and Aragorn, where she explains why she wants to, to follow them, to mm -hmm. follow the, the, uh, the Grey Company going into Dunharo, that is so powerful. She is mm -hmm. so powerful there that Aragorn is humbled because hum Aragorn is is there like a like you know like a guy mansplaining something and <laughs> and she's just okay. Shut up because I I own you. <laughs> I mean, she she says you're just like the rest. You're telling me that I has to stay home. Uh, mm. and and wait for the for the guys to come back or never come back and i can die mm. <laughs> after that yeah. so she she just owns aragorn and this is something because of course aragorn was the big one of the biggest characters in the stories right <laughs> so yeah that's some of yeah the lord of the rings has it all for me yeah yeah it's a it's a nice uh answer because you get three books in one by just saying lord of the rings you get the whole trilogy there i often use that when people ask me you know what my favorite movie is i'll say lord of the rings and they say which one and i say the lord of the rings <laughs> all three <laughs> <of them together. laughs> um, <laughs> all right so last question um and then we'll let you off the hot seat uh so what what kind of character do you play as when you play the one ring uh, okay um well i for reasons also of the game design i'm often the the um the, the game master the right. lower master yeah. in the game but uh if I had to to choose now, for example, and I did because I'm I'm uh, I designed the character for an update on the Kickstarter, and I designed a, a barding uh, because there isn't enough in the stories to to prevent you to to really come up with your own thing mm. and mm -hmm. to come up with good ideas, and they have also the way we designed them using all these scraps and bits of information that are between The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, we created them uh, as a sort of a very, not really Viking-esque, but sort of a uh, type of, of uh, warrior type. So yeah, it's not like the, Ro the Rohanians that are close to them, uh, but mm, different. So I think that uh, usually, usually, I tend to play humans, so men, 
uh, female or male, regardless, but uh, because I relate better. Yeah. Great. Well, Francesco, thank you so much for joining us and for giving us uh, a little peek behind the curtain on uh, the One Ring Second Edition. Um, if you guys didn't hear earlier, um, it is currently on Kickstarter. It has six days left, I believe. Yes, yeah, six days left on the Kickstarter. So if you want to support it, um, search the One Ring at uh, Kickstarter. Stretch goals galore have already been unlocked, so you can dive on in and support it and get a bunch of uh, um, stretch goals. Um, I, yeah, go I ahead. Uh, just add one thing that, uh, yeah, we ran out of stretch goals, but since we have six days to go, we're really squeezing our uh -huh. you know brain hard to come up with something. Ooh. So we might, we might, you might see more. <laughs> Fantastic. I, I love a good stretch goal. So I, I will be <laughs> eagerly watching out for, for another stretch goal. Um, so I, one last question. Um, when, when do you guys anticipate that the game will, will go out for, you know, when we order on Kickstarter, how, what's, what's kind of the turnaround time expectation? We are absolutely looking forward to, to, to respect the, the, uh, the, the delivery that we have there. So it's November this mm -hmm. year, but uh, backers will get uh, a beta test uh, mm -hmm. text uh, for the game this summer. So uh, that's flexible. Could be early summer. Could be in the middle of summer. But we're going to have uh, files for for them uh, way before they get the delivery of the physical the game. game. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm already looking forward to it. Like I said, my my Patreon supporters and I are already talking about the possibility of doing a live stream of uh us playing through a campaign so um i think i think that would be a great time and uh i'm really looking forward to diving in as like i said i'm i'm very much a novice at rpgs but um i am looking forward to diving in on this one um you definitely got me hooked with the um lord of the rings that's that's the way to my heart so <laughs> francesco uh thank you so much for joining us today it's been been a pleasure thank you matt thank you very much Thanks so much for listening to this audio podcast of Nerd of the Rings. To get the latest Middle-Earth-related videos, including Tolkien Explained, Complete Travels, and Theories, visit youtube.com slash nerdofthering's. This audio podcast is made possible by the support of my wonderful Patreon supporters. To learn how you can score some exclusive perks while supporting the channel, visit patreon.com slash nerdofthering's. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time on Nerd of the Rings.